Hello, welcome to another Growing Up Crazy, where it's just you and me and the cicadas. Yes, the endless cacophony of cicadas. It is not something running in the background. That is actually cicadas and uh, the occasional osprey just chirping away in the background, as well as the uh, jet going overhead. I guess no matter how far away you get, you can never really get away from society, right? There's always machines, right, <laughs> blasting by. So I want to talk today, just real quick, I'm trying to make this one a short one, because it's... There's a statement that, that everything that we've been talking about so far has been, like, almost delusional. Like, you know, almost like you have to, like, think your way into a happy place or, you know, willfully ignore the reality of the bad that's going on. And, and I want to reinforce that that's actually just not so. That's not true. That's, it's true in the sense to where we live in a, in a predatory world, in a predatory universe, and everything that comes along with that. But when it comes to the actual physicality of it, our bodies are very well designed to handle pain. You know, we're, very, we're almost purpose-built for trauma. You know, we don't have to worry about that angle. Even if, let's say, God forbid, you fell over the side of a canoe and get eaten by an alligator, it's going to fucking hurt. It's going to be over quick. And your body actually has, anybody that's actually been through massive trauma knows that you go immediately into shock. And a lot of times, if you sustain like a serious blow, um, you go numb for a period of time. Now, it'll hurt like a son of a bitch if you live through it, you know, and a lot of people wrestle with that, like ongoing trauma, ongoing pain, ongoing disability. And that's always just a story in itself, you know, that's just part of, you know, healing and recovering from that it is always a personal battle. It's just one of the lessons that life gives to some people. And where I want to get to with that is that it is we have to speak in subtext for a minute. We have to speak in subtext for a minute. And I just want to say that, that, that a lot of, of the odds that we get with Earth... So a big part of the, our pain and suffering is that we're at odds with it. We're at odds with everything that's going on. And if you listen to the subtext of yourself as you're approaching it, it it's approaching it from this standpoint of that things should be a certain way. And I would say, like, fair is a four-letter word, and should should be as well. What it is in the perspective that we lack, what we lack is perspective, and what we lack is that upstream perspective. And I'm not just saying this. I'm not just saying this. We'll deal with the physical as well as we'll deal with the emotional and the mental later. First of all, the physical, because obviously when stuff hurts, it's having gone through the worst migraines you could ever have in your life. Like, I know what it's like to pass out from pain, basically to be tortured in unconsciousness. That's how I grew up, beginning at six. I have, like, the worst possible migraines you can imagine. Well past, well past the ham revision, sensitivity to light, and vomiting. My migraines begin with sensitivity to light and vomiting. They eventually move into just blinding pain. And then hallucination. I begin hallucinating from the pain. And eventually, at some point, in, you exist in just a timeless, um, never-ending sea of, of misery that's just inescapable. And sooner or later, the mind just gives up and blacks out, you know. The weirdest sensation is when you wake up on the receiving end of thing because your body's used up every single bit of endorphin that it has. And you're literally, like, just... Uh, it's impossible to extribe unless you've uh, been there, and I won't even give it uh, a chance. So, so I'm not speaking from just sheer ignorance here at this point. You know, I was born paralyzed. I was, started getting these migraines at six, you know, and, and at the time there was no medication for them. You just sort of went through it. And, uh, yeah, so been tortured into unconsciousness on a regular basis. So I know what you're talking about, and I'm not speaking from just some airy-fairy um, viewpoint. But what I am saying is is that... There is a perspective that can be occupied that makes it all worth it. And I, I give this analogy, like, that if we had the winning lottery number, if you were holding what you knew to be the winning lottery number in your hand in this moment, if you knew that you had this very special, very unique opportunity, 
that's going to change your life and change the world and the way you see it, it wouldn't matter if your power got shut off. And any physicality, any discomfort that you'd experience would be minimized. Now, it wouldn't disappear. Of course, you know, you're going to have to spend a couple hot and sweaty nights, but it doesn't matter because you know that at the end of it, you're going to be flying high and sitting pretty. Our souls feel the same way about this life. That is how our souls see this world. And, and because our souls are a part of it here, too, all these things that I'm talking about with the upstream and the downstream, we're actively doing it right now. There's nothing to be achieved. There's nothing to be, there's no doing. Uh, like, the, like the saying goes, you know, you can't think your way into proper being, but you can be your way into proper thinking. And that's very, very true. That's really at the essence of it. And that is reality. I'm not ignoring reality. I am looking into reality. What's not reality is telling yourself that just when you get that specific whatever, then you'll be okay. That's not reality. That's, and, and I've traveled enough. People that believe that have just never really traveled. Because if you travel from place to place, especially into different countries, you'll see that there's this mechanism in place where when you do enter into, I guess, the gestalt, you know, the collective unconscious, the, the world of com commercials and consumerism and politics and society is re right there, ready to first tell you what you're doing wrong and then tell you what you can do to make it better or fix yourself. And that, that doing that you have to do, of course, always comes with a price tag. That's what runs our system. Our system runs on lack and insecurity and fear and scarcity. That's the way they designed it. That's the way it's been built from the money on up outward. That's why I do delve into politics because... You know, in our society, you have to look at the systems that are created. And if you look at the system, our system is literally built on scarcity. It's manufactured at its core with money, the things that we use to trade for commodities. So the scarcity is baked into the system, beginning with the money. And that's why when we go into these places, if you travel, all of the mental and emotional, you know, you go to a different spot and you can see people chasing things that don't interest you at all. But they are 100% convinced that that thing will solve all of their problems. And you look at it and you're like, well, that's kind of silly. You know, and, and if you have zero introspection, you just consider it culture shock and you go back to your world and you're like, oh, you'll never believe what they think is important over there. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and like I said, if you have zero introspection, you never once turn around and look at yourself and be like, yeah, but is that Hemi truck really going to make me happy, you know? Or is that new blouse, or is that makeup, or is that car, or is that... And fill in the blank, fill in the blank, because it doesn't matter where you go as long as you're within society. It's always going to tell you first what you're doing wrong, and second what you can buy to make it better, or do, or be. And this goes from the ground all the way up. Um, you know, we get it kind of light. You know, if you go into the upper echelons of society, they have a whole shit list of stuff that has to be maintained in order to demonstrate success, you know, and it's, it's like it's turtles all the way down, and it really is a functional form of insanity. It's functional insanity because it works, it gets reality from one day to the next, but it really is crazy nonsense, crazy babble talk, you know, it doesn't exist, we made the whole thing up, we really made the whole thing up, and that's why I say it's all about perception. I'm not talking about being airy-fairy, I'm talking about it's really about perception, because when you see the world for what it is, it it suddenly, it shrinks it. It shrinks it out of your field of view. You can step back and you look and you're like, wow, what a load of shit. You know? It's really, you know, you still participate in it, but you participated in it more as a game. Like, more is how your upstream consciousness decided to come here and participate in it with. And you get a little bit of that perspective. And your mind has to be convinced with this, with perception. You're upstream with, with beings, with, with, with being in creation, with, with action. So your upstream is very much a doing, very much an in-the-moment action. Your downstream is very much a thinking. So your upstream has to be, has to 
has to manifest these things through being. And, and we're actively doing it right now, and that's why I say this is reality. Because we're actively doing this process right now. It's only question is what you're manifesting. The only question is what you're manifesting. And you're manifesting all of it right now. You are. You have an upstream side, right? That's not like, it's not like through a certain series of meditation you suddenly turn on your upstream. Your upstream is right there working right now. You know, it's actively manifesting reality. It's actively creating from the infinite possibility and putting it into the downstream, you know, which is the things that we're looking at and try to shuffle around to make it a more pleasing shape to make us either more comfortable or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And, uh, and our downstream has been hijacked by society and we've never learned to use our upstream. And that's the condition that we find ourselves in. Uh, an ignorance of the upstream and a hijacked downstream that we just sort of muddle through hoping to not get hurt too much. And w- so that's what I'm saying. It's like really what it does begin with. It begins with, with acting out a, a different being, you know, and recognizing and changing your perspective to recognize the downstream for what it is. Just downstream. You know, take some of the pressure off of it because it, it's, it's got us in it. You know, it's got us locked in, you know, it has us running from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, either being distracted by offside forces or, or actively distracting ourselves with social media, movies and politics and whatever. And I throw politics in there too, because 99% of the people that I talk to about politics have absolutely no interest in fixing anything. Like they think they do, but really they're just there to get their bitch on. They're there to get their private bitch on, complain about what they see as being wrong, what they would say to do to fix it. But it's really just a revamping of that societal structure. This is what's wrong. This is what we need to do to fix it, you know. But never actively engaging in the moment, never actively engaging your upstream or engaging your downstream. Really just getting your hate on. So it all begins with a change of... Well, it actually begins with a change of being, you know, because we have these upstreams and we have these downstreams. Engaging your upstream, yes, through meditation and prayer. Uh, my morning routine, like just this morning, and again, I'll start making videos to really demonstrate this. But my, my morning routine is I go into meditation, and my first thing I do when I meditate is say thank you. And I listen to these cicadas. That's why I love these things so much. It's because I settle into what's actually now. And what is actually going on right now is an absolutely perfect moment. It's perfect. The being that exists right now in this moment is absolutely perfect. And I allow for that perfect moment, that perfect being to enter me. And I turn to the upstream, I say thank you, and I allow for that perfection. Not saying that I'm perfect. I'm saying that there is a perfection that exists outside of time that we can allow into ourselves. And that that ties us into it. And the little piece of us that is shared with that infinite perfection is ready and waiting to exist with us, you know, to exist with us, you know, and to help us with both our upstream and our downstream process. And that's what I do is you get the, the upstream aligned first. And then you turn, turn downstream, not from a place of lacking of what's not there, but you look at it now from the perspective of infinite possibility and you decide what you want to put there, what you want to move towards, you know, what you want to start to see happening. And you maintain that space, not of lack, not of focusing on what's not there, but focusing on what exists in infinite possibility. And by maintaining that focus and that state of being, allowing for it to come into your downstream. And then then, having a clear perspective in the downstream to recognize it for what it is. So if you still have a downstream perspective, that it's like, ooh, I need that Hemi because it'll make me happy. No, 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 no. You need to be happy in a place of infinite possibility with a God and a universe that loves you and loves all of creation and and get out there and get engaged in it in, in a fun and dynamic way, knowing full well that we are mortal, knowing that it will all be over and it could actually end in, in tragedy and pain. But we take it all together. We take it all together 
And that upstream perspective makes it all worth it. That's the million-dollar lottery ticket. It makes all of this worth doing and not just some prison sentence that we have to get through. Like a lot of people approach life as just this ongoing prison sentence, and it's not. It's absolutely not. And it's okay, though, if you do feel like that because when you die, you'll figure it out. And you'll, you know, get another turn on the wheel, whatever. So that's what I mean. I'm not just sitting here blowing smoke. It really is a question of of acknowledging reality. It's actually a question of letting go of the falsehoods we've been taught and accepting the reality as exists. And the reality as exists is perfection in the upstream and infinite possibility leading into the downstream. And we're, we're doing it right now. We're already doing it. It's only a question of what we're doing. And the rain begins, to me, the rain's a good sign. So the rain begins with that. So on that note, I'll go ahead and leave it. And just think on that. This process is taking place already. The question is just simply, what are we doing with it? We can't escape it. It's how we're built. It's already going on. You are actively creating right now, in this right now moment. And you're actively viewing the downstream to see what you have created. The only question is, what are you going to create today? All right, ciao. Growing up crazy. Thanks again. Thank you much.